My name is B. King, and you are now listening to the Life, Faith, and Mental Health Podcast. This is the place where we specialize in reconciling the pieces that make you whole. Now, before we jump into today's topic, please note that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for professional counseling. For more information on how you can get connected to a counselor, please visit imaginationbeautiful.com. Hey, Saints. How y'all doing? Y'all all right? Now, listen. Y'all have been showing mad love since the launch of the Life, Faith, and Mental Health podcast. So, I mean, thank you. It's just never going to be enough, okay? Because y'all don't even know. We haven't even gotten there. Just all the things that go into finally saying, you know what? I'm done with excuses. I'm done with excuses. I'm done with doubt. I'm done with fear. And I am going to press go, okay? So thank y'all for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, for, you know, before I had even announced episode two, there were some people that had already listened to it and my little heart was just so excited. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, I love y'all. Thank you. So we're back for episode three. And I hope that episode two gave you a little bit of insight into like my life, a little bit about who I am, how I think, my background. Um, Obviously, it wasn't everything, but I did want to give you a little something, something, you know, since you're here and I'm your host, B. King. And today's episode, I really, like I thought about it, I was like, okay, so we started with like, are you in your lane? And then we talked a little bit about just some intro, some backstory of who I am, how I got into the field of mental health. And I really felt like there needed to be some foundation laid for why faith and mental health are so important. So today's episode is is very foundational to this whole concept. You know, what we specialize in here at this podcast is reconciling the pieces that make us whole. But I want to make sure that we're all on the same page of what these two vital pieces are. Y'all ready? So when I first got into counseling, one of the things that would come up a lot of times in graduate school would be these conversations of like, how do you work with people of different backgrounds, right? How do you reconcile working with someone who maybe is atheist or someone who maybe is Buddhist or what have you? And the reality is, is that regardless of what somebody's faith is, what you believe is going to impact how you think and how you think is going to impact how you behave. I don't care what your background is, but I'm gonna say that one more time for the people in the back. What you believe is going to impact how you think. How you think is going to impact how you behave. So we're gonna make the the example very practical, not even faith-based. Let's say if you believe that a certain street is bad news, right? Like you shouldn't go down that street, should nobody be on that street. I don't even know how the people that live on that street are still alive because it's always something going on on that street. You believe that. Whether it's true or not, 
but you believe it. So because you believe it, your thought pattern is going to be, I don't need to go over there. I need to avoid that street. The behavior that's going to follow is when you're driving or walking or planning out a trip, you are going to make sure that that particular street is now avoided. Belief, thought, behavior. Um, there's a lot of different ways that that can be broken down terminology wise, but for the sake of just really laying some foundation here, I want you to, to grasp that and just kind of put that in your back pocket because there's things that you believe and think that have been dictating your life for years and you've never even given it a second thought. So just stick that in your little pocket, stick that in your pocket because it's going, it's going to help you along the way. When you think about faith as a Christian believer, right? The Bible actually gives us a definition of what faith is. And so for the purposes of this podcast, I want to talk about faith and mental health through the lens of being a Christian believer, considering being a Christian believer, and how that impacts and correlates with your mental health. Is that all right? <laughs> I love asking y'all questions. Like, I just feel like somebody's in the car, like nodding their head. Like, yeah, girl, that's all right. <laughs> but anyway, so like I said, the Bible gives us a definition of faith. And that definition can be found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So I want to read that scripture for you from the King James Version. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you say faith is, that lets me know that whatever comes after is, is going to give me some type of information about the, the noun, I guess, if you will, that you introduced. So that sentence says faith is, and then the rest of the information that that scripture provides lets us know what faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I know for all of my people that's been rocking with Jesus since the 99 and the 2000, you have heard that scripture. Oh, honey, they, I mean, they've preached it down. Do you hear me? That scripture has been preached down in your spirit. <laughs> but while it has been preached, greatly and boldly and often, right? It doesn't mean that it's a strong area for us. So I thought about what could a, a super practical example of what faith is be, right? Like what is a, I mean like uber practical to help people really grasp it. Cause I've heard it preached in many different ways. And I think there's some amazing pastors out there that have really broken it down for us. Absolutely. But for the sake of laying some foundation right here, this is what I got for y'all. Okay. The scripture says that it is the evidence of things not seen. So do y'all recall Johnny Cochran? Y'all remember him? So for my younger saints, my generation Zers, you might've not been alive during the OJ trial. For a lot of my millennials, you like, girl, my mama watched it every day. We had just got cable. Like, it's a whole childhood memory, the OJ trial. Like, you remember the TV being on. You remember, you know, this Jeep driving down the highway. You remember my boy Johnny Cochran. 
And he said something that has been on every comedy sketch, you know, the movies, all the things for years. And it was very simple. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Now, I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> but the glove was evidence associated with the crime. The crime was murder. The glove was a link saying that this glove was at the murder scene and had been proven to have been a part of whoever committed this act's uh, behavior, right? Like they had the glove on, they used it, what, blah, blah, blah. Okay. My boy Johnny was defending OJ, who was who had been accused of the murder. It's like a whole series on TV about it. I didn't finish watching the series, but I started it. It was really good, by the way. But my boy Johnny Cochran pulls out this glove and says, if it does not fit, you must, you must acquit. And what that tells me is that had the glove fit, then there would not have been enough evidence to convict my boy, OJ. That's the kind of weight that we have to put on our faith in God. Now, in that case, it was a murder case. The glove didn't fit. OJ got off, had the glove fit, most likely would have been convicted of murder, right? So they put this man's life on the weight of the glove as evidence. And the Bible tells us that faith is the evidence of things not seen. So if I have faith, I'm believing for something. My belief in that thing, my decision to say, you know what? I believe God. I believe this is the evidence that I got faith. It's the evidence of my belief in God. And if you remember, what did I say a few minutes ago? Our belief determines our thoughts and our thoughts determine our behavior. We struggle in our faith, not because the idea of believing God is bad. We struggle because unlike the glove, we can't see him. Johnny was able to whip out that glove and say, hey, 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 this don't fit. Put it on, OJ. Put that glove on real quick for me, big dog. That don't fit. So we must acquit. But unlike the glove, God is not a, a physical being. Jesus spent some time on this earth, but he's not still on this earth in physical form. We have the Holy Spirit. And so now we have to, in order to operate in faith, we have to disconnect a little bit from our physical space. We have to disconnect from what we see in the physical and say, Lord, I trust you. But the you that we say we trust cannot be seen with our eyes, which means we have to turn inward. And that's where mental health comes in because our lives can be so filled with trauma and disappointment and problems and I mean, the list can just go on and on and on and on that the thought of looking in is terrifying. So that leads me to my definition of mental health. Mental health is 
And this is not, this is not, this definition is not a biblical definition. This is just the definition of mental health. Mental health is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. A person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. It says that your mental health impacts how you think, feel, and behave. Now let's back that thing up. Let's back that up. What did I say earlier? What you believe has an impact on how you think and then how you think impacts how you behave. Your mental health impacts how you think, how you feel, that emotional piece, and how you behave. So you have two things that impact the same things. And I think for believers, we have, you know, it's no secret. People have been said, oh, just pray about it. Oh, just do this. Oh, just do that. I think the younger generation is starting to say like, hey, Mama Nim, that doesn't work. What you're talking about. <laughs> so in the last five years, I would say, and this is not a research number. This is just from my own observation. In the last five years, going to therapy has become significantly more acceptable and more of a social norm than what it was even when I started graduate school or than what it was even 10 years ago. And so I think that people are recognizing that my mental health is important. And so just by virtue of you being human and having a brain, mental health applies to you. You would not walk up to another human in a physical body, they're human, and say to them that your physical health doesn't matter. You would not do that. Just by virtue that they're human and have a physical body. So why is it that we look at humans who obviously have a brain just by virtue that they're human and they're alive and say that mental health doesn't matter for you. So you cannot believe in God and still need to deal with your mental health, but you can believe in God and still need to deal with your mental health. One does not cancel out the other. So let's keep going. So I want to look at a scripture. One of the questions that I asked myself while I was kind of preparing for today's episode, because I really, I really want to be intentional about laying a good foundation for why faith and mental health in conjunction are so important. And so one of the scriptures that came to mind, I love to quote this scripture, and it is from Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's the King James version. Some other versions may say for as a man thinketh, so is he, so on and so forth. But what that tells me is that your thoughts, because what does mental health do? It impacts how you think, feel, and behave. And what scripture tells us is that your thoughts are merely, your thoughts are merely the blueprint of who you are. So if, if anybody has ever worked in construction or knows anything about construction or 
architecture, is that how you say it? Whatever. If you know anything about that, right? If you want to know something about a building, before you even walk through the building, pull the blueprints. And that's going to tell you all about the structure, the foundation, how it was made. It's, I mean, it's going to tell you a whole lot, okay? And if you make updates to the building, in theory, you should update the prints. Because if you ever need to go back and reference them, you want it to be an accurate depiction of the building that, that is in question. And so the Bible tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts lay the foundation for who you are. Your thoughts lay the foundation for how you show up in your life. And our faith is not an automatic rule out or ruling out of negative thoughts or challenging thoughts. Now, our faith can give us some, it, it, you know, it can, it can be that, that, that evidence. It can be that hope. But when those thoughts come up and your thoughts are saying something different, what do you do? I want you to really ask yourself that question. When my thoughts counter my faith, what do I do? The nice church answer would be, oh, praise the Lord. I surrender it to Jesus. I give it right over to him. But the reality is that that may happen sometimes. And that's amazing. That's a great answer. Surrender to the Lord. I'm all about it. But that's not many of our realities. And we live in this perpetual state of conflict and frustration. And it has a name. Can I tell it to you? Cognitive dissonance. That's what you're experiencing. That constant state of being at conflict and what is this? And why do I feel this way? Well, I think I believe this, but I really think this. But my beliefs say I should think this, but I don't think that. But how am I going to tell somebody I don't think that? Because then they're going to tell me, well, you just need to pray. You don't love God enough. And then it becomes this war of your self-esteem and your self-worth because you're in conflict with yourself and what you believe. And the name for that is cognitive dissonance. Let me provide you a definition. Cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. I'm going to say that one more again. Is that all right? Cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. Doesn't our faith challenge us to change our behavior? Doesn't scripture tell us things that how we should live and how we should approach situations? And it's like, oh, but hold on, because she can still catch these hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our faith can create cognitive dissonance. And I just want to say this to, to, my, to my believers out there, my saints out there, stop beating yourself up for it. There's a way to work through it. There is a way to reach peace and health and consistency 
in your thoughts and beliefs. But if all you do is tell yourself you're a horrible being for struggling in this area, you've now shut the door on your own growth. You shut the door on your own opportunity for change. And that's not what we do here at the Life, Faith, and Mental Health Podcast. That is not what we do, honey. That is just not what we're going to be doing. We're going to work through that thing so that we can get to a better place. And so to that end, so to that end, I want to say this. When you're able to reconcile the inconsistencies between your faith and mental health, there's a peace that can be restored within you. And I think the world offers us some resemblances of peace. But for the believer, that simply won't do. And I'm here to tell you that the conflicts that you have with your faith and mental health, with feeling like, God, I love you, but I'm anxious. Lord, I want to trust you for a husband. I want to trust you for changes in my life, but I just don't see it happening. God, I know you said you love me, but I ain't never seen love in my whole life. I'm depressed. That inconsistency between your thoughts and your beliefs and your experiences can be reconciled. And you can have peace in both your faith and your mental health. And so let's talk about it. How can they complement each other? How can faith and mental health complement each other? And you may have some ideas that come to mind even as I ask that question, like, huh, how can they work together? Just go hand in hand, strolling through the park together. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's simple, right? I think that when you look at it from a faith perspective, as a believer, we can go to scripture. And scripture, while it, it it's not the DSM, it's not the manual on mental health from that per from that perspective, but it can give us some pointers and some scriptures and some info on how to approach our mental health. Can I give you an example? So when you look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5, this is from the King James Version. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let's read that from another version. So that was the King James. This is the New Living Translation. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And so that concept of capturing rebellious thoughts, capturing thoughts, casting down imaginations and bringing them under submission to Christ. What that tells me then because the Bible also says, I don't have a scripture pulled up right this second. But the Bible also says to think on these things that are good and true and lovely and all the things. It's actually Philippians. I got it. It's actually Philippians chapter four, verse eight. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Come on. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely 
and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Those two scriptures, Philippians 4 and 8 and 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, lets me know something, that there are good thoughts and there are bad thoughts. And what our faith is saying, what the Bible is telling us is that we need to focus on the good and make the bad come under submission to Jesus Christ. That's how our faith can inform our mental health because now I have an idea of something I need to do. I need to focus on what it say, what it say. I need to focus on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so if your thoughts that you're having, when you, when you tell you, when you tell you, you don't like you, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so this, you ain't never going to have a man. You ain't never going to have these things. Your life is stuck. You, you are up a creek, sis. You in big trouble. Nobody loves you. When you tell yourself those things, ask yourself, well, hold on, hold on. Is that true? Is that honorable? Is that right? Is that pure? Is that lovely? Is it love? Is it lovely? There's nothing lovely about that. And I'm not saying that to beat you up, baby. Listen, I have dealt with those thoughts. I have walked through those negative thoughts. And what I'm telling you is that our faith can inform what things we need to change. And so when we start that process of digging into the thoughts, that's where we tap into this concept of mental health. Because remember, our mental health is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. And so our faith has given us some information that says, baby, I might need to deal with these thoughts. And now mental health is saying, huh, the way I'm feeling is related to my psychological and emotional state. And so now when you get in there and you start to challenge those negative thoughts and you start to change your perspective, when you do start thinking on things that are lovely, guess what those things do? They can lead you right back to your faith because that positive thought can encourage you to say, you know what, Lord, I do trust you. And that, my friends, is how our faith and mental health work together. And there was just no way that I could keep going beyond episode three without digging into that. And so I want, I want you to have some takeaways. I want you to have takeaways. I'm about to wrap this thing up. You're going to have to come on back for episode four so that we can keep this party going. But I want to leave you with three main points from today's episode. And they are very simple. Point number one, God is invested in both how you think and that you trust him. How do I know this? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pull one more text. I'm a pull one more text for the road. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. God wants a relationship with you. He wants you to trust him, not to be mean to you, 
not to belittle you, but because he has so much for you. And I know we're in a pandemic. I know yesterday was at the time of recording this or releasing this rather. I know that yesterday was Valentine's Day and that somebody is saying, but Lord, another year, another year, another time that it still hadn't happened for me. Or I got this husband, but he didn't, he forgot. He didn't do anything for me. Another day that the whole world feels love, but me, I know it's somebody thinking that. I know it's somebody going through that. And God is saying, but I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. And it pleases him so much when you do. And so that leads me to point number two. There are practical ways to tend to both your faith and your mental health. And so if you are in, in one of those, those, I guess, spaces, one of those seasons in your life where you do feel stuck. You do feel like there's that inconsistency, that cognitive dissonance is keeping you stressed out. Lord, I should trust you, but this is what I see. Uh, Lord, I've been praying and asking for this, but this is what keeps happening in my life. If you're in that space, you don't have to choose and say, well, I'm just going to completely abandon my mental health and just you know, be out here just saying, well, Lord, I trust you anyway. Whenever that, that don't, that never works. It never works. You end up frustrated, disgusted, and over it. Can we be honest? You don't have to choose one over the other. They can walk hand in hand. They can work together. And so that leads me to point number three. Growth is key and stuck is a lie. Come. Did y'all hear me clap? Can I say it one more time for the people in the back? Growth is key and stuck is a lie. You can grow through this. Your faith and mental health can work together. And whatever it is that you're facing, whatever negative thoughts that you have, whatever areas where you feel like, God, I don't know if I trust you or not. You can grow through this. And so my prayer is that you come back for episode four. We're going to keep talking. We're going to keep working at it. We're going to keep growing through it. I don't know if I said any of that in correct English, but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> and it is what it is. So listen, tell your mama, Nim, your best friend, Pookie Mane, and whoever else to pull up the podcast. I will see y'all next Monday for episode four. If this has touched you, if this has meant something to you, please drop a comment, send me a message. If you feel in your heart like, man, I need to get connected to a counselor, like I need to really work through some things, then praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong with going to therapy. You can check out my website, imaginationbeautiful.com. And I'll be back. I'll be back next week for episode four. Take care. And remember, point number three now, growth is key. Stuck is a lie. I'll see y'all next week.